Hey friends, welcome to the Confetti Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hinshaw. I believe that picture books open the magic for all readers. Today, open your heart and let all the book feels in. It's going to be so much fun. Let's open the magic. excited for today's guest I oh my gosh like this is gonna be like the best podcast ever because we are gonna be talking to Frank Murphy and if you have not read A Boy Like You you need to pause this episode right now go get it and then come back because it is a book that has changed my life as a teacher and as a person so Frank without further ado welcome to Confetti Moments. Thank you so much Courtney I appreciate all that you do and I love everything that you do and I'm happy to talk to you. Thank you. All right. So why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, I'm a dad. I'm a stepdad. I'm a husband. I'm a teacher. I'm a son. Um, I'm a brother. I've been a teacher for almost 28 years now. Next year will be my 28th. I currently teach sixth grade at a K to six elementary school called Holland Elementary. It's in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, which is Northwest of Philly. Um, but right now, of course, I'm doing the distance learning thing. Um, we're shut down till the end of the school year. Um, I'm not really liking it that much. I mean, I'm doing, I'm learning a lot, but I'd much rather be in the um, classroom making connections with the kids. I was born in California. I know that's where you live, um, but I've lived most of my life in Philly and near Philly. That's awesome. I agree. And I, distance learning, while I, you know, it's fun to get to see the kids. It is, I am not living my best life. And I will be so open about that. It is so hard for me because I'm such a relational teacher and it just kills me that we can't be with the kids, but I, I get why. So I, I understand why, but I don't like it. <laughs> I was thinking about you. I wanted to talk, we can talk afterwards, maybe about what you've been doing and what's worked and not worked for you. Absolutely. We can add that to the podcast if we even want. Um, so why are picture books so important? For me, I don't say this often, but I truly, some people don't get it, but I think they're one of the highest art forms that we have. Um, they transcend all ages. When people ask me, you know, your book, A Boy Like You or A Girl Like You that's coming out, what's the age range? I'm like, it's for everyone from zero to 99 and above. They can impart messages in a way that no other medium really can. Um, I'm always a big proponent of high schools and colleges having them littered in the classroom, you know, picture books around. Whether you're nostalgic about a picture book that you read when you're sitting there in a high, as a high school senior, or it's a picture book that's text heavy and has lots of great facts about something you didn't know, like Pearl Harbor or Ben Franklin. I love reading them. I love collecting them. And of course, I'm so honored to be able to write them. Yes. Well, we're so thankful that you are writing them because you definitely have a gift. And I agree. I can't stand when I hear kids say, my parents will let me read picture books are for babies. And I'm like, if they only knew, and I try to impart it so much on my kids. And I think I've done a pretty good job, but if you're always going to have those ones that are like, well, the Lexile level, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, you can only, you only can do so much with your research and like, you know, some people are just going to believe what they believe and okay. But I agree. Every person should read picture books because it's such a story to share with the world. It's so true. I love going into a, like mostly independent bookstores and just open up a book. The first thing I always do, and I know, I know Mr. Shu, John Shu does this. I'll, I'll smell the book. I open, I've always done this since I was a young teacher. I just love the smell of books, you know, and I'm glad that my books smell good. Some, some books smell inkier than others, but I like the way that boy like you smells. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that you're on team smell the books. 
I haven't gone that far to smelling them, but I definitely love <laughs> going going into a bookstore and smelling books. Like just the smell of books is. Oh wonderful. yes, yes, for sure. So you were talking a little bit about when you were little that you would, you know, smell the books. So what were you like as a reader growing up? I pretty much, from my memory, I only read books about sports, like go to the library and get, you know, the, the picture book, the classic kind of library book about the Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys or whatever it was. I wasn't really a big reader. I do remember that I loved Curious George books, um, though I, I really liked those books. I don't know why. I, I mean, I still like them. They're cool. It's actually something that I share with parents too, Courtney, that, you know, parents of reluctant readers or kids who just aren't into reading that I tell them it usually just happens eventually. And well, you, they need help and guidance, but you know, it, it's the way that we guide young readers. That's so important. That's a whole other podcast, but um, to not to dissuade or persuade kids to read, but um, that's what I try to share. Like, look, I'm, I'm writing kids books and I, I didn't like reading them that much when I was a kid. Totally. Oh my gosh. I, I, oh, I just like, I could talk to you all day about yeah. books and oh gosh, so good. So you are an author and a very amazing author. What inspired you to become an author? There's many things, but teaching mostly, if I look back almost 30 years ago, 28 years ago, I was teaching second grade. It's the first grade I taught. I, I student taught in fifth grade, but ended up that same year getting a second grade classroom. Um, this was the early 90s. And so I wanted to make history more fun for kids. Like I sort of like social studies as a kid, but I could never stand memorizing all the dates and names and places. So I started looking for great stories about famous people like Ben Franklin and George Washington and Martha Washington, stories that were memorable that most people maybe had never heard, little anecdotal stories about them. And part of it was to also really write about women in history, Courtney. I, I wrote a lot of, I would just write in blank books. I would buy them from a company called Bear Books, B-A-R-E. I think they still, they're still around and they're, mm -hmm. they're mascots of bear, but it's just a blank book and you write in it. And I would hand write the books. I would research it, mostly all historical things. And I would either draw the pictures and color them or have kids in my second grade class help me draw and color the pictures. So, and back then there weren't as many, the landscape of, of easy readers and picture books about women, it was sort of bare, the landscape, it was barren. So, but it's changed a lot since then. So, and I had a lot of stories rejected about women. Finally, a couple of years ago, I had my first book about a woman, Clara Barton. It's a little random house, step into reading, easy reader called Grave Clara Barton. That was my first book about a woman. So I, it was sort of twofold. I got started just wanting to make history more fun, but then also writing about women in history, not just for little girls to read, but for little boys to read, to see strong girls and women in history. Oh my gosh, what a profound answer. I'm just like totally taking in everything you just said. And I would say like my favorite type of picture book right now is like biographies. I love history and I love a good biography and I love learning about people I never knew existed like through picture books. I find that just so interesting. Absolutely, Gordon. Or even like people you know from history but don't know this story about them. Like my George Washington and the General's Dog story Everyone knows the cherry tree story that he chopped down a cherry tree and couldn't tell a lie. Well, that whole story's a lie. That was made up by Parson Weems, I think. And it was, it was, it was created to, to propagate this idea that Washington was honest, but he really was honest. And the George Washington and the general's dog is about this letter that I found that um, Alexander Hamilton, who was the secretary had written and he returned general William Howe's dog from the British army. So it's, 
there's just stories out there that people don't know. Oh my gosh, I love it. And I love how you brought up the cherry tree because when I was, oh gosh, I can't think of the grade right now, but we had to sing a song and it was like cherry tree chop, chop, chop. And I still <laughs> remember that song in today. Um, okay, sure. so what has been, of your books that you've written, what has been your favorite to write? Probably the Like You books. I don't even know if it's really, I guess it's a series. Uh, a Boy Like You. And, you know, when kids ask me, what's your favorite book? Like, usually it's the book you're writing. So I'm really immersed in the uh, Like You books right now. So A Boy Like You came out last year. A Girl Like You comes out this July. And then I have two other ones coming out in the series. And every um, every book that I write from now on in this Like You series with Sleeping Bear Press um, we'll have a co-author with me. A Boy Like You is just written by me and illustrated by Kayla Heron, who we can have a whole podcast about too. But um, she's phenomenal. But my wife, Carla, she's a pediatric nurse and the mom of Haley, my stepdaughter and her daughter. She co-wrote A Girl Like You with me. I have A Teacher Like You coming out. I co-wrote that with my colleague, Barbara Dan, who's a second grade teacher. And I have A Friend Like You, who I co-wrote with Sharnay Gordon, who does what you do on, on Instagram. She's a blogger and a book influencer. And that's a friend like you. Those will both come out in 2021. So it's really writing these like you books that I'm loving right now the most, Courtney. Well, I love them too. And I actually did a podcast with Kayla about two weeks ago. And I honestly can't remember. No, it did come out. Maybe it hasn't come out yet. It all is starting to run together. But, oh, she just did a directed draw with my class on Earth Day. I saw. I, I saw something on Instagram about you posted that. Yeah, yes, she is amazing. And, oh, oh, it was so great. And both of you together are just like a powerhouse. And I cannot wait to have those books come out. I was thinking actually of a question that I didn't ask you earlier, but I think I really want to know the answer to it. So I have realized that books, you start writing and then they don't come out for like a year. Well, what if when you're writing a book, and like you're talking about a topic, but then it doesn't really resonate anymore, like coming out. How do you like think about that so that doesn't happen? I, I don't know if I'm asking correctly, like what I really want to ask, but. No, I, I know what you're saying. I, I think usually it takes about two years for a picture book, but these books have been sort of streamlined to come quicker. I've really had the opposite sort of, or the converse happen a little bit. It actually just happened the other day. Um, I'll give you a story. Sarah Rocket, my editor, just mentioned to me the other day, she's like, hey, Frank, I really want to chat with you and Barbara about a teacher like you, we really got to get something in there because it's already written, but we have to go through some revisions. Um, and I haven't looked at it in, in months, but she's like, I really want to get in something about what teachers are going through right now with distance learning. So we have to find a way to get that in there to make it more current. But the flip side, you're saying if it's not relevant anymore, I hope that never happens because then maybe the book would get shelved and not printed. But I don't really know how to answer that because I haven't been through that. Can you elaborate more? Was there an idea that you had that you were writing maybe and it wasn't relevant anymore well actually you answered my questions i think i think all the edl is like what i was thinking about like i hope that we have picture books that talk about this time i mean it is such history and i love how and it's funny because i actually interviewed sarah rocket too and i love yeah, i love cool. sleeping bear press can you tell um, yes, <laughs> we have to get you, we have to get you writing. I know, I think, I think we've talked about you wanting to write. We have to get you going with that. Yes, I know. I, I need to, <laughs> let's get through EDL first, but yes, I do <laughs> want to do it. We answered it perfectly. It's, I love how you can have those revisions and we're having so that people can see and our journals for like life. Absolutely. 
Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. I have to look back. I got so into our conversation. I forgot what question we're on. It's okay. Okay. So tell us a little bit more about the Like You series. Like, What is your mission for that? Why did you write those? So I think it boils down to one word, leadership. The reason I use the term leadership is that's what I call what I teach in my classroom and when I've coached. So when my kid, it's not part of our district's curriculum. I mean, some people call it character education, but almost every day I'll try to do some separate explicit leadership lesson, whether we study a quote or an inspirational video from like ESPN or um, it could be a picture book. Um, so it's to impart important messages to kids and all people about leading and leading with kindness. So I, I hope these books give parents and teachers and guardians a springboard to discuss issues and topics that may be difficult to broach for them. Um, but the scenarios in these books can possibly open up those discussions and maybe even more open up hearts and minds to rethink things like how we define gender or how we define masculinity, issues like body types and personal passions and interests. And what I mean by personal passions and interests, and this really comes out in A Boy Like You, it's one of the reasons I wrote A Boy Like You. For example, if a boy strives to be a baker or a chef, and that's illustrated with you know Kayla's radiant illustrations, a firefighter or a basketball player, if it's his dream, to, it's that's his dream to pursue, not someone else's dream. So sometimes we put, as parents or teachers, we put expectations or limitations on our kids. You know, well, you know, boys don't become nurses. Yes, they do. I have an uncle who's a nurse, and I wouldn't want to fight that uncle. Let me tell you. <laughs> He's a tough guy, you know, and I have a good friend who's, who's a nurse. And, you know, so there's, there's, we could go on and on about this. This is another podcast. The whole idea of masculinity being toxic in any way is problematic for me. One of the reasons I wrote this book was all these years of teaching, almost three decades now, seeing little boys go out to recess. And this isn't to discount girls. I told you earlier on, I, I love writing about girls. And that's why a girl like you is coming out too. But for boys going out to recess, it's so dominated by sports. And I've seen so many boys go out to recess and they feel undervalued or disenfranchised. So in part, I wrote this book for those kinds of boys who just aren't into sports. That's why we start out on the second spread talking about sports, right? And then it goes on and says there's so much more than sports. I 100% agree. And I am just like, Oh my gosh, like I know you through Instagram, but I, I just love learning more about you now as a teacher. And I just think you're doing such good for the world because I agree, like standards are so important, but it's so much bigger than that. And I was thinking on my run this morning, like, you know, take this time to dive deeper into that. And many teachers ask me, like, how do you do the social emotional? And I said, I just do it in my class. Like, I just... I mix it in yes, like a I chocolate agree. chip cookie. It's like the, the chocolate to the rest of my lesson. I just do it because that's what's going to make the world go round. Like, because it's you, because it's you, Courtney, that's you. And you're running and thinking about it. And you're baking cookies and thinking about it. You're reading a picture book and thinking about it. And people always ask me, well, can you share your lessons? I sort of can't. I'll give you anything I do, but it comes from, I don't plan it out every year. There's certain, sure, there's certain things we'll study, like Gandhi maybe, or quotes from, you know, um, Confucius and social studies, but there's, it's, it comes from the social emotional place that we all live in. Um, and unfortunately districts get in the way sometimes and standards get in the way. And Hey, one of the best things that I've had happen is we don't have to do PSSAs this year, which is our state standardized. Right? Test, so we're not doing Absolutely. this. So, but you know, you can't, 
it's not something I would want to bottle up and make into a curriculum anyway, but these picture books can help. Absolutely. Right? And I love what you said about the sports and then we'll kind of move on from this question, but I had a little boy in my class this year that does ballet. And I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. He can do the splits. He was in the nutcracker. I was like, you go, you be who you want to be. Oh, absolutely. Courtney. I always, I'm dating myself. I'm 53, but Herschel Walker was this football player. He ended up on the Eagles, too, and he was on the Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings. Big, strong dude, right? <laughs> Running back. He did ballet. It made him – it gained – it honed his agility yep. and his flexibility. So it's, it's you know, there's so much out there. So much out there. So speaking of EDL and parents now teaching their children, what advice can you give to kids and parents about reading at home together? I'll try to keep this answer you short. Um, first, for parents – to not act as teachers. That's pretty much it. That's why I tell my, my the kids, their, their job all day is at school and they have a teacher. Not that you can't teach your kids, but if you're going to pour over your kid as they're reading a chapter book and correct them, that's not cool. So if you want your kid to read, here's the other part, then read yourself. I have so many parents who come to me and say, I want my kid to read. And, I, and sometimes it's awkward and it's not awkward, but it's a little difficult conversation. And I'll ask them, what are you reading? Nothing. Well, we are what we do, right? Not what we say we'll do. So kids mimic and copy our actions the most. So read and read with them. And I'll tell kids too and parents, look, if you want your kid to read this chapter book, go out and buy yourself a copy or I'll give you a copy on the side and then read it and then talk to them about it. But don't make them do, you know, a journal entry. Kelly Gallagher has a great book called Read Aside. I'm sure you've read mm -hmm. it. Um, Kelly Gallagher is a gentleman, a man, and he's one of the leading authorities in our country on, um, on, literacy yeah. and read aside is a great book about what we do as teachers and parents to commit read aside mm -hmm. to get kids to not love reading like making them do a shoebox diorama after every book and having a journal and, and and quantifying everything that they do as a reader it's just not something we need we need to rethink i it. absolutely 100 percent agree my mom was a high school english teacher and she like worship the ground Kelly walked on went to like every single one of his conferences and I was at ILA like two years ago and I saw him and I walked up to him and I was like this might be really weird but my mom taught high school English she went to all your conferences can we get a picture <laughs> Courtney I did the same thing the first time I saw him speak I'm like yo man dude I think I'm your biggest fan it was really funny. yeah it's so funny I love it he's like oh sure sure such a nice man such a nice man yes such a smart oh, man, yes, yeah. that too. Okay, so I love, so everybody's have to tell Frank, I send out the questions ahead of time, and he's probably one of my only ones who's like written answers, which have been super <laughs> long, except for this one. It's one word, and I just love that it's only one word. What <laughs> book do you think every teacher needs to have in their classroom today? And then you have to tell me why. Okay, this is preschool to high school to college to the basement of a church that has daycare, anything. It's the book Love by Matt Della Pena and illustrated by Lauren um, Long. So Lauren, and Lauren's a, a man, Lauren Long, L-O-R-E-N-L-O-N-G. So love, now, I'll leave it at that. We can talk more about it later if you want, but I'll tell you why. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm sure it's one of your favorites. It's the perfect picture book in that you can read it aloud to any level and then alter the text or expand on the text or minimize the text as much as you want. The pictures, the art is beautiful. Um, it's, to me, it's, I'll, I'll tell you what, what's interesting to me. He, his book, um, the Market Street book, I forget the name of the book. Um, One Stop Market 
something. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. The year before, it won the Newberry. It won everything, right? Last and stop to on me, not, Yeah, last stop. And I love last stop on Marcus Chief, but this came out, I think, a year later. This book should have won a Newberry. This is a picture book that is deserving of a Newberry. Not to diminish that, that that won. I'm glad he won with that. But to me, this book has more agility. I like to use the word agility in different ways, not just sports. It has great utility and agility, this book. It's, it's, it's biblical. <laughs> I love it. And I'm going to go there with the book, picture book love for a second. So there was a huge controversy about one of the art, one of the drawings in the book. And I went through it myself and I was like, I don't see. And then I was in my indie bookstore and she showed me and it was the one that I know. I know what, what art, what piece of art. Yes. About, and I, I want to just put it out there. Every child is dealing with something different. Maybe that picture is going to help a child know that everything is going to be okay and that they're still loved. So I just, it broke my heart that so many people had such an issue with that because we just don't know what kids are dealing with and books can help kids heal their hearts. Absolutely. And so that speaks to what I was talking about with, you can use the book anyway, and any picture book, you could do this, right, Court? You know, so you can highlight that. So I think you're speaking about the one with the, the, piano and that there's a there's a drink on the on the table or the yes. piano and and it's, it's a it's a loose allusion to possible domestic abuse or um alcohol involved mm -hmm. so um and, and now we're painting this picture of this book if you haven't seen it it's, it, it's so minimal right yes it is th that it gets back to what i said it can open up it can give parents and teachers an opportunity to speak about something that they maybe couldn't broach, right? So that's that's the key. Absolutely. And I always tell people, when you need to teach the hard stuff, grab a picture book because it will save your life. Yes, that's so great. Yes. So what is something you are passionate about in life or in literacy? Um, I would say in... Sorry, I, I can I, go back to question nine. No, 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 I know, I know I'm good. I, I, for food, it's pizza. I just put food in there because I love pizza. And I, during this... During this situation we're in right now, there's a pizza shop down the road for me. It's about two miles down, and I drive. It's the one way I get out. I drive. It's like maybe sometimes I go to the grocery store, but I'll drive there, and there's nobody in there, and I'll get my pizza, and I eat two pieces of pizza and a Coke every day, pretty much. So I love pizza. Um, in my literacy life, uh, just spreading the good word that picture books are powerful. Um, big advocate for picture books. In life, it's basically a lot of things, but I boil it down to kindness. Kindness is common sense. Um, people will only remember how you made them feel. And in the end, only kindness matters. Those are three of my favorite little quotes. Oh my gosh, I love all that. And I love your pizza thing because I have a coworker who eats <laughs> pizza every day, like literally during the week. And so it just made me think of that. So you have a friend in that. You guys can eat pizza every day together. People comment, well, why are you eating pizza? It's not healthy. I'm like, yes, it is. If I eat a sandwich every day, no one would say anything. So I just believe that mozzarella cheese isn't that bad for you. It's okay. Pizza. She tells me every day that, well, no, did you know that pizza, they said it's a vegetable now? I'm like, okay. Okay. Yes. I took a course at Rutgers where I went to undergrad and I had a class called man and his food. And I always remember this professor saying that pizza is the most perfect food because it has all the main food groups in it. Gosh, yep. That's probably what my colleague would say too. All right. I think he was, I think he was a farmer. So I, I trust. That's farmers. awesome. So the next question I really want to make sure we get in because it's so important during this time. And as a father and teacher, what advice can you give parents and teachers right now during this global pandemic that we're all facing? That kids won't remember the curriculum and the lessons that are being covered 
especially, you know, distance learning wise, not even a little bit, they'll remember how the adults in their lives, that includes parents, maybe possibly older siblings, teachers, grandparents, any kind of guardian, how they reacted to and acted during this, I call it a mess, during this mess. Um, they'll remember the walks or the hikes, the board games, watching TV, even playing video games, right? Playing video games with their parent, maybe. The reading, the crafts, the baking, all those situations. But there's also situations that people are seeing, kids are seeing, that families are struggling through. And they'll see those things, too, and they'll live through them. They'll see the persevering and, and how so many have to endure that, that their own families themselves. And they'll become stronger through these lessons, watching them and living and surviving through them. So to me, it's make memories no matter what your, your, your plight is in this situation, I think. It's, it's not... I'm not diminishing the teaching. It's just, it doesn't matter as much. Amen. And I think you just wrote another picture book right there called, <laughs> a, I don't even know. I can't think of a title and I don't want to, <laughs> but it's so true. I tell my parents that every, I send a weekly update every Friday and every week I'm just like, you know, yes, they need to do their work, but like, I would rather them spend time with you and learn, you know, a new craft or learn that mom and dad want to play video games too or whatever just this is not a time where we need to be worried if they know how to find the main idea i agree yes so so much all right i have some fast questions for you that i like to ask all my guests so the first one is what is a picture book that gave you a confetti moment i have many all-time favorites but it's love again by matt delapena and lauren long I watched them both speak at the Free Library of Philadelphia about a year and a half ago. Their discussion about their collaborative creation of the book and all the little backstories of the text and the illustration. What you alluded, what you talked about before with that one scene. I just loved it all. Um, we can talk more about it later if you want, but uh, it, 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 the, knowing those stories, anytime you can see authors and illustrators talk or something like this podcast, for example, or read aloud live at a bookstore, it makes an already powerful picture book even more significant and powerful to be able to tell the backstories of things. Like the ending of that story, you hear Lauren Long talk about why he painted the last illustration the way he did with the colors. And it was an homage to saying goodbye to his kids going to college. It's just so powerful. Like, so it ends with, not to steal the thunder of the book, but it has the parents holding an umbrella, I think. And then the little boy is going off and he's a little boy. He's like, well, where is where would a little boy be going, you know, away from his parents on a train? But he's not really a little boy. Those parents are seeing that college-aged kid maybe still as a little boy. And it's from their perspective. And conversely, from his the little boy's perspective, he's feeling like a little boy going off to college. And I just went through that a couple of years ago with my sons. They're both at the University of Pittsburgh. And man, I was I was leaking tears the, when I dropped Griffin off my oldest the first time. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful. I did not know that story. I think from our conversations, I want to start another podcast. It's like book talk. Let's see how many books yes. we can talk about that each other don't know about. I think it's... Um, sign, sign me on, girl. I'm, I'm all know, for I'm, that. I forgot. It's coming. I'm going to sign you up and Todd Nesloni because him and I, we, cool. we talk books all the time and it's always like, oh, do you know that one? And we try to stump each other. <laughs> awesome what is a picture book that you cannot wait to come out in 2020 obviously a girl like you it comes out july 15th this summer it's not delayed it should be out on time mainly because i co-wrote it with carla murphy my wife um and you know getting back to my co-writers 
one of the reasons I'm doing co-writers with all these books is I want to always bring someone in who brings a different dimension of diversity to the topic. I needed her to help me write a girl like you. Um, I, I don't have sort of the, it's not in my wheelhouse for some of the stuff. Like we had a whole section about makeup, right? But that got cut from the picture book, but I didn't have any game with makeup. I, I've never worn makeup. So, um, but uh, it's a great compliment to a boy like you. It's filled with similar messages, but many that speak directly and exclusively to girls. Um, another not by me, and you talked earlier about picture book biographies. I'm really excited about this picture book and I actually sort of cheat it. And I go on something called Edelweiss, which is a place for independent booksellers. And I can sometimes get like, preview galleys and stuff. It's called Above the Rim. So I've looked at the illustrations. Jen Bryant's a masterful picture book writer, especially of picture book biographies. And Frank Morrison's illustrations are timeless. So this is a book I wish I'd written. It's about Elgin Baylor, um, an old NBA great um, from the past who made a stand for equal rights, African-American player in sports and in America. Um, I think it publishes in October. I love basketball. I love the NBA. I love my Philadelphia 76ers. So this is a slice of American history that has so many things I love, like the, 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 the plight of civil rights and stuff like that and changing people's minds and hearts. I'm really excited about this picture. Oh book. my gosh, I love that. I bet around the dinner table, you have the most interesting conversations. Like I've only been talking to you for like 30 minutes and I want to be like, can we talk more, please? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So right now, I mean, teachers are being seen as saints. We are getting all the like, you should be paid more. Like, how do you do this? So let's give a shout out to a teacher in your life who changed your life. Tell, let's hear it. There's a lot. So I still have teachers in my life, but there are many. But as a student, I had a teacher in high school, Council Rock High School I went to. Now it's called Council Rock High School North, Thomas Cullen. I had him for a bunch of classes. I had him for creative writing and a really cool class called Critical Viewing where we watched movies and analyzed them. I remember watching On the Waterfront, which is something I never would have watched, right? But um, he was inspirational. I owe him a lot for giving me confidence at that time. My editors have been phenomenal at me as an adult. Um, Sarah Rocket, most recently Sleeping Bear. My editors at Random House have had a couple, but Shana Corey was there early in my career, along with Mallory Lore and Anna Membrino. But Shana was a huge influence. She's a fabulous picture book writer. Um, she's a master editor. So my editors are, are important, te important teachers. My parents, my own kids, my students, there's so many. I can tell you that's a whole other podcast, right? I know. I'm like, we have like four in the works now. Yes. <laughs> just, yes. <laughs> just sorry, kids. I have to go record another podcast. Sorry. These are supposed to be rapid and I'm giving you like It's okay. Answers. You're an sorry. author. I, I expected nothing less. <laughs> so what I love rainbow. So I always love to ask this question. What is your favorite color in the rainbow? So I don't wear these two colors, but orange and I love yellow too. And I love rainbows. My favorite quote from Frederick Douglass is this, like the rainbow, defy the skill of pen or pencil. I actually have it as wire art in my little studio above the wind, above the sliding glass doors. I had a guy in New York in uh, Soho make it for me. So again, like the rainbow, defy the skill of pen or pencil. And that's how he described how he felt when he first stepped onto free soil in Manhattan, Frederick Douglass. I wrote a picture, I wrote a, an easy reader about Frederick Douglass that came out in December from Random House. Um, so Frederick was trying to say that there are no words to describe the feeling he had of being a free human being after being born into slavery. He was an enslaved person his whole life, right? So for me, I, I sort of pivot this quote for my own self and it's my goal to live and have experiences that defy the skill of pen or pencil. It's that they're so magnificent and radiant that they can't be captured in a photo. Like a rainbow 
you can only really appreciate a rainbow in person. A photo, a video just doesn't capture it and neither can a pen or pencil, right? So just like a rainbow can't be, there's something else to this quote too. I want to pivot though. It's also my idea of like how I want to be able to write. I want to write so well that I can create images and ideas with words to make people remember things that matter, stories that matter. They're one of the things in our lives and histories that matter the most, these moments, these unrepeatable and unforgettable moments. So trying to like defy the skill of pen or pencil and go beyond it, if that makes sense. I totally it does. does. And I just thought of another question that I want to ask you now, being a teacher and an author, how do you do it all? How do you have time and make time or tell me all the things? It's a, there's a, that's a multi-dimensional answer but so one thing I do is I do write in class with my kids if I was teaching second grade it wouldn't be as easy and you teach you teach primary yes, right? I used to be fifth but now I'm third third maybe but like so my sixth graders I'll often write in front of them so if I assign and it's writing workshop and they're writing something different I sometimes write what they write too as any great teacher I think a master teacher will I'm not trying to say I'm great but oh, any master great. teacher will you are great thank you <laughs> Well, write what your kids are writing. So if you assign like a poem, you know, um, like William Carlos Williams poem or something like that, you, you're going to want to maybe try to write what they're writing so you get their experience. But I might be working on a picture book and they know that I am and they're writing too. It doesn't mean I don't get up and help them, but I want them to see me doing my professional writing. I write at night a lot, Courtney. I write in the summer. It all depends on deadlines and what I got going on. I was determined to get going with... Um, uh, Charnay Gordon and my book, uh, A Friend Like You. I haven't gotten back to it at all yet this during this because the distance learning has sort of consumed a lot more of my time than I thought it right. would. So, um, but you just try to find time. It's, 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 it's not, it, you know, when you're passionate about something, you just make the time. Agreed 100%. My hope is that you'll keep continuing with your Like You series because I just love it. I just think it's like the perfect one. Well, my wife wants to write a puppy like you, and she's not letting me write it with her, so we're going to argue about it. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, where can my Confetti Moments listeners find you? Um, I, I'm not really good at keeping up my website. I got to get better at it. That's another goal I set, but I'm at um, frankmurphybooks.com. I have some other like extra sites that just all link to frankmurphybooks.com. If you type in a boylikeyou.com, it goes right to frankmurphybooks.com. And I have kindnessiscommonsense.com. That goes to my site too. My idea with kindness is common sense is I want that to sort of be the umbrella of these kinds of books that I'm doing. So it sort of fits in that whole mold. It's so true. Like I, as I write, read this, like common or kindness is common sense. It's like, yeah, it is. But so many people don't know that. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely. It's, it, I said it to my wife once. I'm like, who said this ever? And I can never find anyone who said it. So I've been actually. Um, so I just I, I bought the domain name because I'm like, you know, I want this domain name and I want to make T-shirts and stuff like that. So so even when I start to do more school business after I retire, which will be a couple of years from now, I want to sort of like frame it as like this is an assembly about kindness. And these are the books you can use, not just my books. You can use love. Yeah. Right. You can use The Old Truck by the Pumphrey Brothers. You can use Maniac McGee. You can use When You Reach Me. There's so many great books to use for kindness. Absolutely. Well, when you make a t-shirt, send me the link and I'll buy one. <laughs> I love it. I'll send you one. I'll send you one. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Well, oh my gosh, this has been such a great conversation. And I know my listeners are just going to fall in love with everything we talked about it because it's just so important to get the word out about picture books, to get the word out about kindness and just thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us today. 
so much gratitude for what you do, Courtney, too. You're one of the world's best champions of picture books and kid lit. And thank you so much. I love following you and I'm glad we found each other here. And we'll, I'm sure we'll do things together in the future. Yes. All right. Well, have a great Friday and have fun in the queue. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hey, reader. How are you, friend? Yes, we're friends. I had to tell you about my Open the Magic Wear. Okay, I have to tell you about it because A, picture books are my jam, and B, I mean these sweatshirts are so cute and you need to have one. Just saying. Anywho, I'm sitting here in my Open the Magic headquarters reading picture books and living my best life. Oh wait, you want one too? All you have to do is pop over to my Magic Wear shop where you'll find t-shirts and sweatshirts that will make your picture book heart so happy. Just Head to bit.ly backslash capital R, capital R, MagicWare. Again, that's bit.ly backslash capital R, capital R, MagicWare. And open the magic. Or should I say, shop the magic. Thank you so much for tuning into the Confetti Moments podcast. I hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart. Take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home. See you back here next Monday to open the magic.